prayer life, and I talked to him about the fact that I like to thank God for who he is uh, before I ask him for anything. And it's a good reminder to me when I pray to do that and to keep in perspective that even breathing is a gift from God. The Bible says that it is of God's mercies that we are not consumed every day. So that is the attitude that I come to you uh, with today, and I hope that you are finding God faithful for whatever challenge he finds you in. Today's topic for the podcast is perhaps um, one of the most well-known I am statements of Christ. It's one that we as believers cling to, and it's one that we talk about often when um, talking about Jesus as being the only way to heaven, because Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so that's what we'll be digging in today. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about what is going on. All right, well, just a brief update on the wheelchair front. Um, The part that I need to have my wheelchair fixed is still not in as of this recording, and so I am still waiting for the perfect time to um, go in and get my wheelchair uh, back and turn in this loaner, uh, which for various reasons has been less than ideal, but God continues to be good and allow me to do the things that I need to do, and I'm very grateful for that. But I would ask for your continued prayers, and I do have uh, Thursday and Friday of next week off from school, and so those would be ideal days, either one of them, to go and get that taken care of. So if you could say a prayer, and maybe, hopefully the timing will line up so that that can take place, I would be most grateful. I I really feel like it would enhance so much of my life to be able to be more physically comfortable as I go about my day. Um, but I'm very grateful for the blessings that God has given me and that I've been able to travel um, more than 60 miles, probably close to 70 miles in this loner since I got it in early September. So very thankful for that. Uh, the second thing I want to mention to you is uh, we are in the midst of the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court, and I've been very impressed by what I've read. I haven't really sat down and watched uh, very much of those hearings, but I do think it is interesting that Amy ha- has been very sharp and astute and been able to answer a qu- uh, questions um, uh, very articulately And it was interesting, there was a question asked of her um, if they could see the notes that she was using to uh, refer to as she's dealing with these issues. Because when you're going uh, for a confirmation hearing for a court appointment, and specifically the Supreme Court, you can be pretty sure of certain topics that they will bring up relating to women's rights and other legal issues. And so you need to have ideas on... Uh, legal precedents that you'll bring up and just ways that you'll respond to these questions. And so the question was asked of her, what are your, what are your notes like? Can I see your notes? And she lifted up a blank notebook and showed it to the Senate. Um, 
Uh, I believe the Judiciary Committee, I don't believe she's been before the full Senate yet, but she showed it to the chamber and said, this is what I'm using, basically showing that she's using no notes. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, why would they ask her about her notes? That doesn't seem fair, but my understanding in my further reading was that this was a uh, a Republican um, conservative lawmaker that was just giving her the chance to show her astuteness by proving um, basically that she wasn't using notes um, or at least uh, giving her the opportunity to um, show herself strong, and indeed she did. I want to play you the audio from the reaction uh, of that because I think that it is um, so uh, exciting to see that she is so sharp and that she's so ready to meet the challenges placed before her. Uh, there have been some ridiculous questions asked, um, but she has rose to the, risen to the challenge, and I'm very uh, gratified for that, and I really do pray for her full confirmation in coming days. But here is the audio from that. You know, most of us have multiple notebooks and notes and books and things like that in front of us. Can you hold up what you've been referring to and answering our questions? Is there anything on it? Uh, that letterhead that says United States Senate. That's, imp- that's impressive. So I'm just really praying for her that God will give her wisdom as she um, continues to contend with the United States Senate um, and I hope that, as I said, that she is confirmed um, to the Supreme Court at the end of the month, as is the hopeful timeline for the Senate vote. So we can all be praying uh, for the Supreme Court. As we've discussed in the past, it is a key uh, position um, because it is basically a lifetime appointment. And then because of the power that we have allowed to be vested in the Supreme Court, it is an important thing. So I wanted to put that out there and just ask that you would continue to pray. And I hope that we are all praying as we are headed toward the presidential election. Um, I mentioned last week that there was a um, blog post that I was planning to release about some of my thoughts about why I vote the way I do and just some overall thoughts about um the importance of voting and having the right perspective on that. And so that will be coming. Um, I'm planning to write that um, this afternoon and release that uh, Saturday morning uh, for you to enjoy and hopefully share with your friends. I think it's important for us to have the right perspective um, because it seems like the liberals would have us to believe that um, conservatives don't think women can do a job Um or don't think that people of color could do a job. But I have some interesting thoughts on that that I think will be better served in print than here on the podcast. And so look for that uh, blog post to post tomorrow morning, and I'll be grateful for you to read it and to share with your friends. Uh, before we leave this What's Going On segment, I wanted to share with you an exciting new podcast from Ligonier Ministries that I recently stumbled across. Um, every once in a while, I just scroll through um, my podcasts or there's a recommended podcast um, based on another podcast that I'm listening to. And I came upon one that Legionnaire Ministries is doing, and it is um, basically chronicling the events of Luther 
um, and that led up to and were part of the Rev- Reformation. And basically, there were a bunch of October events that happened in Luther's life, and so the idea is to present these events on exactly the 500th anniversary um, that they happened. So this podcast actually has is being posted each week um, this month here in October, and it it releases on different days because, as I said, the dates are lined up with how they happened in the Luther timeline. So one day it might be um, Tuesday, one day it might be Friday, one day it might be Saturday. It just depends on what the timeline was in the 1500s. Uh, when this happened. So I really just want to suggest that to you and encourage you to give it a listen. And I actually have the trailer from the podcast to share with you here to kind of get your excitement up. And I hope that you enjoy listening. October the 10th, 1520, Wittenberg, Germany. A man places a document in the hands of a monk by the name of Martin Luther. The most powerful person in the world has declared Luther to be a heretic. And Luther has 60 days to recant. I will not be reconciled or communicate with them. They damn and burn my books. Induce Luther to return to sanity. If he persists in his madness, take him captive. Exactly 500 years after the events occurred, join Martin Luther week by week in real time as his fate draws closer and closer. They excommunicate me for the sacrilege of heresy. So I excommunicate them in the name of the sacred truth of God. It cannot be either safe or honest for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. I am a violent physician for violent times. I often wish that God had called another. Luther, in real time. A new podcast from Ligonier Ministries. The clock starts ticking on October the 10th. And there you have Luther in real time. Again, I would encourage you to subscribe to that podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And some podcasts you can, you know, you can check the website every week and kind of be assured that you won't miss an episode if you check the same day every week. Like if you check the Speaking for Him website, you'll find the Speaking for Him podcast posted every Friday. But because of the different days on which this podcast posts for the sake of historical accuracy, you'll want to make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss any of these episodes. And I think they're pretty much in the 10 to 15 minute range. So they're not a long, um, selection. I've admired Martin Luther. I mean, he was trying to bring truth to a very dark time, a time when, Priests said that you could get indulgences and basically just live whatever life you wanted and still get to heaven if you bought indulgences. In other words, if you paid the Catholic Church for the right to sin, you could sin without worrying about the consequences. And Martin Luther said, no, 
um, Jesus said that we can be saved by grace, that it's nothing of our merit, that we can't buy our salvation. The only way is Jesus. And so I, I think that's especially um, interesting to share um, today as we're talking about Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And to be honest, I hadn't really even thought about it in that context before I decided to share it with you. But it's something that moved me, and I hope that you enjoy it and that it moves you as well. So now is the time to get into the meat of our podcast as we roll on. And we are talking, as I said, about the I Am Statements of Christ. And today's is... I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the the significance of this statement is so important for us um, because we often say, or we often are confronted by people who say, well, can't you um, be grateful for other people's way to heaven? Your way may not be my way. We've talked in the past, in the recent past, about how Today's culture is all about embracing your truth. Whatever is true for you, do that. Embrace that. Be known for that. And what God is saying to us is, there's only one way, and that way is Jesus. We as human beings are fallen. We are sinners. We don't have a way to bring ourselves under the... um into the presence of Almighty God. We don't have a worthiness. We are um, fallen creatures. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, that um, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And so the reality for us is that if our heart by ourselves is desperately wicked, there has to be an answer to make our heart fit for heaven. And that answer is to have God come in and give us a new heart to replace, as it were, our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. And that can only be done through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That is why he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So those coexist bumper stickers, um, they're not really accurate. You cannot coexist with another religion. We can be loving to people of other religions. Please don't get me wrong. I think a lot of times people think that that being harsh is a necessary part of being godly. But being firm does not mean being angry or necessarily harsh. Jesus um, was firm with the Pharisees. He didn't pull any punches. But he also was loving. When people were receptive to his message... His response was love, and we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves as we are engaging the culture around us. And so that is the purpose for this podcast today. So our quote of the day, as I said, is a very familiar one for us, and it is found in John 14, verse 6. I am the way... It says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And that is John 14, verse 6. Now, you notice, as in so many other passages that we talk about here on the podcast, there is no wavering in this. There is no maybe in this passage. There is the definitive article, I am the way, I am the truth, 
and I am the life. And so we're not talking about a way. We're not talking about a truth. We're not talking about a life. We are talking about the, the definitive article. And then we read, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. We don't say some men come to the Father apart from me, but you can come to the Father through me. No, he said, no man comes to the Father except through me. So we're going to look at some different ways that Jesus is the way um, and that Jesus is the truth and that Jesus is the life. I actually have two points to make in each of these individual categories. So we're starting with, um, I am the way. Jesus is the way of salvation. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none un, no, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. So Peter is um, challenged to not speak in the name of Jesus after he heals the lame man, and he says, There is no salvation in any other name, so we must speak in the name of Jesus. Earlier in the passage, he says, whether it is right to obey God or man, judge you, but we must speak of those things that we have seen and heard and the things that we know. And that is really where I am on this podcast, is just speaking the things that I know, the things that God has given me to speak. And as I talked about with Martin Luther, he's one of my heroes because he said simply, here I stand, I can do no other. Um, some people may want me to say something different. They may want me to stop sharing the message in the definitive way in which I do. But God says it's definitive. God says this is the way of doing things, and we must do them the way he says. And sometimes that means delivering messages that are not the most kind-sounding or the most exciting. Um, parts of... Part of coming to Christ is realizing who we are and then who God, through his mercy and grace, can make us. So I think it's important for us to remember that. The next thing that we want to mention as Jesus being the way is that Jesus gives us access to God. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 2.5 now, the reality is that you and I can and should intercede for our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is an important part of being a believer is praying and bringing your friends and your family before the throne of grace as much as you possibly can. But as a minister of the gospel, I have no greater standing with God than anyone else. I, I still remember one time when I was, I believe, working at the Guiding Light Mission, and maybe a, maybe a few times since when I've spoken at different places, people have said, I know God hears your prayers, so please pray for me. And I have to step aside, step back and say, you know what? God can hear your prayers just as much. All you have to do is humble yourself before him and ask him for salvation, and then God can hear your prayers as much as he hears mine. He doesn't hear mine because I'm a special person. He hears mine because Jesus died for my sins and gave me access to him 
through prayer. And so there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So as we are in ministry, as we are ministering to others, we need to point them to the one mediator and never act like we are the mediator between them and God. Because you can have a direct relationship with God through Jesus. That is the way. And so that is how we are talking about Jesus as the way. So let's move on to our next section, which is Jesus is the truth. John chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that truth came through Jesus. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And Paul tells us in Galatians that the law is a schoolmaster. Um, Paul says he wouldn't have known sin if it wasn't for the law. So the law was basically given to the children of Israel to show them that they could not live a righteous life and to show them that they needed the intercession of God to make their life righteous. And they sought righteousness through offerings and sacrifices as God directed in the Old Testament. But then when Jesus came, he was the once-for-all sacrifice that rendered all other sacrifices unneeded. And now... I can rest in him because I know that he said, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And I encourage you to come to him as well, knowing that he will keep that promise. Like I said, the truth is so important today. Our next passage talks about that. The Bible says if we abide in him, we will know the truth. And this is also in John John was very much about making sure that people knew the truth of what Jesus was saying. Because even in the early church, false teachers kept coming in and saying, well, maybe there's another way. Maybe everything that Jesus said wasn't the truth. But John's whole purpose was proving the truth of what Jesus said. And this is what Jesus said in John eight thirty one and 32. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, or make you free. And I think this is so important, because we live in a culture where being a Christian is cool, where believing in Jesus is a cool thing, and if you ask someone if they are a Christian or not, they will often say, well, I walked an aisle, I gave my life to Jesus. But the reality is that if we give our lives to Jesus, it will change our lives. What did Jesus say in this verse? He said, if you abide, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. So if we are not continuing in God's word, that might be an indication that we are not his disciples or at the very least, that we need to recommit ourselves to following him wholeheartedly. Remember when David sinned with Bathsheba, he didn't say, Restore to me my salvation. His salvation was assured, but he said, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. So maybe that's where you're at. Maybe your salvation is secure, but you need to rejoice, in. you need to regain the joy of your salvation, and you need to ask God for assistance in that regard. I I hope and pray that you will do that because he's only a prayer away. Now we've talked about Jesus is the way and we've talked about Jesus is the truth. Now, as we finish up this podcast, we have a couple thoughts about Jesus is our life. The Bible says 
that um, Jesus is the life. He said, I am the life. That was the last thing on this list of three. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So the first point I want to make about Jesus being the life is that our life is in Christ. When Paul saw the monument to the unknown God, um, he he went to when he went to Mars Hill. He basically said, "But you can know God," and he 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 unpacked for the philosophers there what it meant to know God. And he said this: He said, "For in Him, in Him we live and move, and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said. For we are His offspring." For so much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And that's Acts seventeen twenty-eight to 30. And I really feel like that seems like it could have been written today. Paul is saying the very fact that we live and move, and have being, is from God. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that all things were created by him, and without him, that being Jesus, was not anything made that was made. Even the Proverbs allude to the fact that God had a son, even though the writer of the Proverbs did not know that who God's son was at that point, he knew that God had a son who was present and active in the creation of the world. And I think it's important for us to know that the God who wrote this, the God who inspired Paul to say this in Acts chapter 17 is the same God today that says to you, I want you to repent. And why does he want us to repent? Because he wants the best for us that we can possibly have. And that's the kind of life that God promises. And that's where my final point comes from. Life in Christ is abundant. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I like this verse a whole lot. Because Jesus is basically saying here, not only do I want you to live, but I want you to have an abundant life. The world might say, well, if you give your life to Christ, your life as you know it is over. Yes, your life as you know it will be over. But the reality is that you are dead in trespasses and sins without Jesus. And is that really the life that you want to live? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. See, the life that Jesus promises is one that is more abundant. And yes, the life that he promises us may require physical death. And it, and it may require any number of ways to die to yourself on a daily basis. The Bible says in Philippians that we are to esteem others better than themselves. In Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about a husband's responsibility to lay down his life for his wife, to give to her for the betterment of the marriage. So yes, Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you will find it. But if you keep your life, if you try to save your life without him, 
you will lose it. That is why this one way is so important. So, my fellow believers, I would encourage you to be committed to boldly proclaiming Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. If we don't choose him as the only way, he is no way. If we don't choose him as the only God, he is no God. And yet he is the God of the universe because he created us. He breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. That happened because he wanted to create us in his image after his likeness. Why? Because he wanted fellowship with us. And for whatever brief time of perfection, Adam and Eve were together. I don't know how long it was. Some speculate it was mere moments. Some speculated it might be a few days I don't know how long it was. All I know is that before sin entered in, man walked with God in the cool of the garden and they had this intimate fellowship. And then Eve was tempted by the devil and she took the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil along with her husband Adam changed the course of human history because at that point we needed redemption. But fortunately, the Bible says that before the foundations of the world, God had a plan for our redemption. And that was to send Jesus Christ, his one and only son, to die on the cross for our sins. My friends, there's no greater news than that. That is why speaking for him exists. If you listen to this podcast and you feel like I repeat myself a lot on this point particularly, it's because it's the most important. Paul said, I delivered unto you that which was of first importance, that Jesus died according to the scriptures, was buried according to the scriptures, and rose again according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15. And he said in the same passage that if Christ be not risen, we are of all men most miserable. None of Christ's teachings, none of the good things, the healings that he did would mean anything without his resurrection. But Paul says, thanks be to God that Christ is risen. And that's why he would say later on in that passage, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Because Jesus won. You know, there there's these stickers that are going around that say, Love Wins, and Rob Bell wrote a book called Love Wins, which sadly I can't recommend because there is nothing whatsoever about repentance in the whole book. But, you know, love did win. Love won on Calvary's cross because Jesus, the Lamb of God, stretched out his hands to take away the sin of the world. 
I hope that you're encouraged today. I hope that you will share this with family and friends so that they too can be encouraged. Feel free to contact me with the contact information that's about to roll at the end of the show. Have an awesome weekend. And as always, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.